Blog Talk Radio. What's up, guys? You're listening to Wide Open Radio, the nation's number one motorcycle talk radio show, with your hosts, Courtney Lambert and Dave Withrow. Hear real talk discussions about the latest custom motorcycle news and events. Now grab a drink and have a seat, because we're about to get started. What's up, guys? You are listening to Wide Open Radio. I'm your host, Courtney Lambert, and my co-host, Dave Withrow, is with us. How you doing, Dave? Good. I'm on time, right? You are on time. Yeah. You were actually a couple of seconds early. I was waiting for you to talk to me so we could have that uncomfortable conversation that you never said a word. Well, I started talking to you, but then the even more uncomfortable British lady started talking. So you pro- do you even hear her? Yeah, why do we get a British lady? I don't know. I don't know. I don't have an answer for that at all. <laughs> How's your week been? Good, good. What What do you think about our big news for our uh, cover contest? Uh, it was pretty exciting. That was. I tell you what. That is having a cover contest like that is so good for all the builders, and it has to be good for the magazines too because so many people were involved throughout the whole process, and it was a pretty long contest. You guys made it stretch out like three weeks, I think, but. The amount of people who were engaged the last day, how crazy was that? Well, what's funny is I didn't read the the rules to my own contest, and I didn't know you got two points for a share. So I thought there was no way that Corey was going to win. I thought it was going to be all-star baggers first, and maybe our boy James Patience would pull it out. But I I Mm -hmm. didn't think Corey even had a chance, but you guys were the king and queen of shares, huh? I guess so. We had a lot of people in our corner that last day especially. It's hard on a contest like that, too, but I'm sure everybody will agree with me because a lot of people don't understand. You'll post the contest, and then people like your own post, which doesn't do anything. They have to go to the original post on American Baggers' page and like it and share it from there. So who knows who would have come in first if everybody's likes and shares on all the pages would have counted, but it just doesn't work that way. So um, I do want to mention everybody that was involved in the contest, though, because there were some amazing bikes and some really good guys in the contest, I think. Um, You guys, who chose these bikes, by the way? Uh, I did. Okay. So you chose the 2013 Road Glide by All-Star Baggers. Um, Everybody's seen that bike. It's the blue and black uh, Road Glide with the 32 on it. It has a 32 on it now, right? I believe so. It's a beautiful bike. Yeah, yeah. And then the 2013 Road Glide by Evil Iron Customs. Um, The 98 Softail Fat Boy by Ground Zero Customs. And we've had James Patience from Ground Zero Customs on the show before, and we actually talked about that bike. Um, I think while he was he was still building the bike at that point, right? Yeah, yeah, he hadn't even painted it at that point. Yeah, so really cool story behind that bike. Um, and Dave, I don't know if you saw, but I actually asked his son Jackson if he would come on for a short segment of the show at some point, maybe in the next couple weeks. Because um, it's a really cool story behind that bike, and I thought it would be neat to get Jackson on air so he could tell his side of the story. Um, he actually helped James design the whole bike, and James posted some pictures of Jackson helping with the build. And then 
after everything was said and done and Corey won the contest, Jackson sent a nice little video that made us totally rethink taking the cover because we were like, oh, my gosh, how freaking precious is that? Yeah, he's a cute kid, so um, I want to have him on. That that video melted the hearts of all the girls in our office. They just thought it was precious. (laughs) And and Mela, who does our social media, I think she grabbed it Uh right away to make sure to put it up there. But uh, when when you asked, you know, did I pick those bikes? Yes, and the reason I picked those builders is to – to me, they're the future of the industry, all of those guys. They're young yeah. companies that, that have been out there, you know, more than five, six years on their own. So I just kind of thought these are the ones that kind of get overlooked sometimes. So uh, All-Star hadn't been on the cover before. Evil Iron hasn't been on the cover before. Uh, Insane Asylum hasn't. Uh, obviously, the Hoff has, but Corey hasn't. So it was a lot yeah. of people that I thought, could use the attention and uh, it was a great cross-section of of different styles and different bikes yeah no it it definitely was and uh, hold on i don't want to finish where i was going here i'm going to finish naming off the bikes real quick curtis hoffman's 2014 street glide special um that's the the blue bike i believe it has a 30 on the front um and there was a 2001 road king by insane asylum and then the 2010 street glide road glide conversion by Corey Sousa originals um I think personally coming from a smaller shop, I think it's awesome that you actually took that into consideration. Some of the shops that may not get as much notoriety um, who put in the hours and, you know, build beautiful bikes, but they don't always get all the attention that some of the bigger names get. So I think it's really cool that you thought about that and um, gave all of those guys a chance. And um, Well, when you look – when you look at it, Courtney, we know that the winner of Sturgis is going to get a cover, and the winner of uh, Sturgis Battisbagger, uh, Daytona uh-huh. Battisbagger, Arizona, and then you know, you know, Paul Yaffe's going to build something that's worthy of a cover, and uh-huh. right, John Shope and Len from As Kicker, and all of a sudden your covers start dwindling down. But yeah. there's a couple times a year when you there's there's not a show going on, and you don't owe anybody. And it's a great time to throw something like this. So we'll do one for Urban probably in a, in a couple months, let this one pass, and, yeah. and do another one. And, and we'll do the same thing. We'll find people that uh, don't get the love all the time. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, Corey and I definitely appreciate even having one of his bikes in the contest. That was a huge deal for him. Um, he was overwhelmed when he won. He He was so excited. And the the issue that it's going to go on is key because that's the issue that's going to be out whenever you guys go to Cincy. That's the, in, the issue that's going to be out right before the big um, Bike Week in Daytona, 75th anniversary. So we recognize all that, and we're super appreciative. So it was it was really cool to be involved. What do you want? Do you want me to blow the surprise now, or do you want me to wait? Blow it now. Corey's not listening because I'm here at the shop and okay. I can hear him out there talking, so I know he's not listening. So I, I honestly did not think he was going to win. I thought he was going <laughs> to because I didn't follow follow my own rules, so I thought he was going to take third place. So I picked his uh, 95 Road Glide, the one with that kind of 60s paint job, uh-huh. the cover of the January issue of Urban Bagger. No way. So he's he's going to have two covers out at the same time, and the only person that's ever done that is Ass Kicker. Oh my God, I'm I'm speechless. That's so I won't tell him if you don't, because I, I only I only talk to him when I see him. You see him, I think every night. So it's up to you All if you want to tell. Him. 
Oh, my gosh. You know, and you know the cool thing about that bike, the coolest thing about that bike, I think, that a lot of people – a lot of people will walk by that by that bike and look at it and go, "Oh yeah, it's a gorgeous bike. It's it's cool. I I like it." Nine out of ten people that walk by it don't put two and two together and realize that it is a 1995 and it's an Evo and he made all those parts fit that bike. So it's it's a cool bike and I'm excited that it's even going to be in a magazine so people can see what went into it because it's again we talk about ways that you can do an over-the-top bagger without spending, you know, eighty, ninety thousand dollars 90000 and Corey's a master at that, you know. He's he's good at, at stretching people's budgets, and this guy that he built this bike for brought this 95 in that he'd been sitting on for years. You can go out and pick one of those up for under five grand all day, you know. So I think it's really cool that people will be able to see that, and it'll be uh, an inspiration for people who don't have a ton of money to dump into a bike, you know. Well, and I, I picked Urban Bagger for that ma- uh, magazine for a reason because we have done we did a long-term uh, 98, and we were finishing up a long-term 97. And just like you said, showing people that you don't have to. I mean, when I see people go out to take a brand-new CBO and do everything that, you know, you do and, and James Patience does and uh, uh, the Hoff does, and you go, mm-hmm. wow! I mean, that's thirty something thousand plus all that. And then you look at yeah. a bike like that for five grand. Um, I wish I had the money to do that with the CBO, but that's the the tip of the iceberg. Where you know, guys with a, a ninety five or a ninety eight or an O two, or the guys who want to go buy their first bagger and they get an an O one, mm-hmm. you could do this. All this can yeah. be done, and you can pull up and win a bike show with a twenty. Yeah, bike. absolutely. So, yeah. Oh, Dave, I'm going to be completely honest here. It's taken everything that I, I – I have tears in my eyes. I did the night that he won the, the contest, too. That's, it's, it may not be that huge of a deal to people that get that kind of recognition all the time, but for us, it's a big deal. So thank you so much. Well, you know, I think he deserves it. He's, he's definitely one of the up-and-comers out there, and – uh He's got his own style, which I love. And, and I think the amount of friends you have in the industry is a direct reflection on, on how you act as a as a person, how you run your business. And mm-hmm. that means even when even your competitors like you, you're doing something right. Yeah, and, you know, it's funny that you brought that up because, and I hope James is listening, and I hope that maybe Art and Nick out of All-Star Baggers are listening because um, the sappiness, that was going on at the end of that contest. I don't know if you looked at any of it, probably not, but it was ridiculous. I mean, everybody was complimenting everybody else, which was almost unheard of. And and it was cool because, you know, like we all recognize the talent that each other has, and some of us have talents that stand out above and beyond the others, and it's all in different areas. And it's cool that other builders can recognize that and not – talk bad behind, well, I don't know if they're talking bad behind each other's backs, but at least they can recognize, you know, good work when they see it in front of people. So I I love that. Too many times there's just a bunch of controversy going on in the industry, and whenever everybody can come together, just like we're seeing everybody come together to support uh, Kip at Scrub right now with his daughter, um, those are the things that make you kind of emotional and, and reassure you that you're in this for the right reason and you're in a good industry. Well put. I, I think it's a reflection on the six companies that we picked that they weren't the companies out there that uh, 
we're trying to get ahead by by putting others down. And I, I had a guy when I was at Prime Media and I was doing hot bike and street shopper and I had 14 magazines and it was this guy, he was about 70 and he had worked for Donald Rumsfeld. And this guy was a genius at finance and he helped me run the business side. And one time he said, uh, and it, it always stuck with me, he said, never cut your opponent's head off to make yourself appear taller. And I think yeah. we have a great example of nobody went out and did that. And, you know, in our industry, especially on the Phoenix side, there's too much of that little uh, games being played down there where they rip their opponents. And, you know, be be proud of what you do, and that yeah. will speak for itself. There is a lot going on over on that side. I don't know what it is. but And part of it's all for show, I've learned. Um, and it does make for good radio. It makes for good scenes out of the out of the rallies and you know people like a controversy and they like a good soap opera story but um as far as setting an example for other people getting into the industry or it, it just doesn't work that way so i i definitely like seeing everybody come together and appreciating each other's work and i think it's cool so awesome um yeah i think it'll be really cool and it gives people something to look forward to if you're going to keep doing those contests from time to time um it gives some people who may not feel they have a chance, something to look forward to. And if they know that's coming up, then they're going to really bust their butt over the next few months to try to put something together that will make you guys open your eyes to them. So I think it's cool. Well, well, I think also it's it, whether it's our listeners on this show or it's the readers on the magazine side, mm-hmm. it's important to let them know that they have a voice, you know, just like we're trying to do yeah. with the questions that they can do that, you know, it's your magazine, it's your show. We're just the ones that are guiding it. So, we want your feedback. We want to know if we're doing the right things or if we're doing the wrong things. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I liked um, where we went last week with the show. Um, we we had a, a good amount of people listening um, where we were able to just talk between the two of us, discuss some things that are going on, and take callers. Um, you mentioned on the show last week that one thing that you thought would be really neat for us to be able to do is to take voicemail calls for people who have questions um, they can call a specific phone number, leave a voicemail, and then I can turn that voicemail into an MP3, and we can incorporate it into the next week's show. So I posted something today. I got it all figured out this week, and uh, I posted something today saying that if people wanted to leave a voicemail, uh, they could do that. I posted the phone number. Uh, unfortunately, I, I think I posted it too late for anybody to be able to do that, um, which might be a good thing. I probably need to test it a couple more times, but... Um, that is something we'll start doing because it, it'll be a neat way for us to just throw that into the show. Somebody can ask a question without actually coming on air, and then we can have our guest answer it for them on air and everybody can hear. So um, that's a good way that we can incorporate our listeners and give them a voice. Um, another way that we're trying to do that is just by incorporating our social media a lot more. And uh, we've had a lot of people give us feedback through our social media as well. So. Um, it's really cool, and we've had some great feedback. I know you've mentioned several times that you've had people really giving you some good comments about the show, right? Yeah, like I said, it's become the guilty pleasure in the industry. You know that <laughs> I think the the best example is Paul Yaffe, who he's like, I really didn't know you guys were doing a show. Come, came on, had a blast, and now he's one of our biggest supporters and fans. So I think yeah. that's cool. 
Yeah, I think it's really cool. I, I told you last week, um, and I'm going to keep talking about this because I think this is probably going to be, at that point, one of our biggest episodes ever, but um, looking forward to April whenever we go to Phoenix for Arizona Bike Week, we are definitely going to Paul's shop, and we're going to do an episode from there, and we're going to make it a big deal. So uh, I think it would be cool if maybe we could do a few a few different segments like we talked about last time and um, get some of the big builders because there's a lot of big-name builders out there. I know I always see um, Paul and Susie. We always see John Shope out there. Uh, we always see who else? We're going um, to see Len. Uh, we know that from yeah. Ass Kicker. We know uh, Nick Trask will be running around. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know Matt Risley will be running around. I mean, Paul Tracy. Uh, Paul Tracy, of course. Uh, Nick from Baggers Inc. will be running around. Uh, you know, it's funny. <laughs> if you weren't thinking about it, all of a sudden you write up a list of of twenty people. But when I know, you, I think we, we put people. This is what we do to other people is we put them on the spot. But yeah, and everybody <laughs> comes out. You know, even if they're set up at the hideaway up in Cave Creek, uh, they come out for the parties and the concerts at night. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see pretty much everybody in the industry down there. Yeah, yeah. So that'll be a big show. Everybody can uh, look ahead to that. Again, that's not until April, but it's it's going to be huge. So that'll be a lot of fun. Um, did you, now, you mentioned – Yeah. I was just going to say you mentioned how much fun it was just you and I talking. Why don't we do that Wednesday the night before Thanksgiving and just do a, a Wednesday show just for kind of the hell of it and – we won't okay. bring a guest in. We'll, we'll just talk and and do it that way. Sounds good to me. I like I said, we got a lot of good feedback, and I think it'll go over well. So I'll put that on the calendar for next Wednesday. And you want to do it at seven again? Yeah, yeah. You know, you're going to be proud of me, and and I always try and make you proud of me. But <laughs> I uh, I actually made a list today. Did you? I've never done that before. Yeah, yeah. And I have two jokes for you. Oh, okay. Let's hear them. You want them both back to back, or you know, yeah, you want me give to it spread to them me. out? Okay. No. Uh, how come most of my jokes start with a guy going in a bar? Do you notice that? Eh, a lot of jokes do. Okay. Well, both of these, somebody goes in a bar. So uh, a pirate goes into bar. Mm-hmm. And uh, he goes up and he orders a beer. And the bartender looks down and, and, and he says, uh, you know that you've got a steering wheel in your pants. <laughs> the pirate looks at the bartender and he goes, I, it's driving me nuts. <laughs> okay, that was good. <laughs> so you had to think about that one for a little bit. For a second. For a second. I always do, though. Okay. I can't help it. I think... I think you're gonna you're gonna think about this one for a second too. Okay. Okay. And and if you notice that the guy always orders a beer. Yeah. Okay. So, Which is crazy because I know you prefer your moonshine or yeah. liquor. Okay. Okay. So on this one, a snail goes into a bar and okay. he orders a Jack and Coke. Orders a Jack okay. and Coke. This may be the key to the whole thing. Okay. Bartender looks at him and he goes, we don't uh, serve snails, so he kicks him out. A couple weeks later, the snail goes back into the bar and he looks at the bartender and he goes, why'd you kick me out? Because it took him so long to get back in there? Because he's a snail and it took him two weeks to get back in the bar. 
scare me when it's dead silence <laughs> like that, Court. I have to think sometimes. I, I come up I know with I'm these not just the only for one. you. Do you? It's hard, it's hard. It's hard coming up with clean ones, you know. So. See, that's the thing. I'm used to hearing. I'm not used to hearing the clean ones, so my mind is always somewhere else. That's the problem. So anyway. I've got one for you later, okay, but we'll wait till later. Um, were you in the office all week, or did you get out and do any events or anything like that? Because I have an event that I no. that I want to talk about. I I am in the office until uh, December 9th, so I was home all weekend doing honeydews and mm-hmm. getting caught up. And I feel like, you know, NASCAR, where their season ends and they've got like three weeks till it starts again. <laughs> yeah. I feel like this is my month, this is my off-season to – get healthy and, and get caught up, and then it starts all over again. So, yeah, I'm up cold. Nice. Does it drive you crazy being in the office? Or do you enjoy uh, it? You know, a lot of times I get more done because nobody bothers me. If I'm on the road, they, they think, oh, God, we'll get in trouble if we bother them. So they never call me. They never do anything. But when you're there, you kind of feel like you're bombarded a lot of times with questions. So, uh, but no, it's nice. Like I said, it's nice to, to just be home because you know our schedules. We're just seems like every week, every week and a half, we're going somewhere. And this this year was, I think, a pretty hectic for me. So I'm enjoying this. And then I've got a New York in what three weeks, and then I'm home for, for IMS, three weeks. Right? And then I'm, yeah, and yeah. I've got a note to talk about something on IMS later. And then I'm, after that, three weeks, I think I'm seeing you. Yeah, yeah. I I sent Samara a message today, and I was asking if it was her first time coming to Sarasota. She was looking at the pictures that I posted the other day of the Chalk Festival here in Sarasota, and um, which is super cool. I it's totally not motorcycle related, but we have those 3D chalk artists who come in and and do amazing things on the pavement. Um, but anyway, I was asking if this was going to be her first time because I'm already thinking, and I know you guys aren't going to be here that long, but I'm already thinking, like, oh, my gosh, what do I have to show her? Like, I can't wait, A, to but, meet but her because be, I've never met her. You're coming but, up to Tampa. She's going to be in Tampa. I know, but you guys are also coming to Sarasota for the rally, right? I'm coming early. Remember, I come in that Thursday. She's not coming until that Saturday. Oh, okay, okay. Speaking of which, I have but, to get yeah. with you later because the coordinator of – Thunder by the Bay, finally email me back. So we need to talk about that because there may be some involvement there with um, American Bagger, Urban Bagger, Wide Open Radio, and we were talking about that before. So we'll have to have a talk about that and see what we can work out with them because that would be a good opportunity, and I know you've been trying to do that. Yeah, it makes, me, makes it easier for me to to go out, you know, it's a long, long way for me to go, and I already go out there what two or three times a year, if they're yeah. supporting us or we're supporting them. But I was going to say it was a funny thing last night when I'm in the kitchen and we're cooking dinner, and all of a sudden Samara starts talking about, "Did you see what Courtney went to in the chalk festival?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I don't even know Courtney." And so, oh, we're friends on Facebook, <laughs> and oh, I know, but I feel like I know her. I feel like I know her. We're going to be good buddies. I, you are. You're, you're gonna. You're gonna like this one. This is good. a good one. Good. I'll leave it at that. Good. Um, okay. 
before we bring Kobe on, everybody's waiting for Kobe from Speed by Design. He's our featured guest for tonight. I want to talk really quickly about an event that we went to last weekend. Uh, it's a local event again. I, I did a blog post about it. Um, it's a great teddy bear run in Sarasota. And, you know, we all love any kind of charity or benefit for children, right? And you add children's cancer support to it, and you're going to get ten times more people. So this is the, I believe it was the 18th annual Great Teddy Bear Run in Sarasota that happened this past Sunday. And I don't know if you saw any of the pictures that I posted, Dave. It is it's a freaking huge event, and we fill with motorcycles, the entire parking lot of a big, um, I hate to say strip mall because that sounds like one row of stores. This is like a huge circle, you know, square shape of of retail stores. And we fill the entire parking lot. Um, The last count they did, there were 878 registered motorcycles for this ride. There were 1,251 registered people, so that includes the riders and the passengers. And... uh, Because of the event, they were able to donate 1,923 teddy bears to kids with cancer and over $10,000 to the His Kids program, which is a cancer support program for kids. So I was really excited to be a part of that. Uh, The ride is police escorted. The people who put it together do an amazing job. I mean, we don't ever have to stop. Imagine all the almost 900 motorcycles and everything just flows smoothly from start to end. It's almost unheard of. Um, but it was a great event, and I'm glad that they put it on. We had a ton of fun, and um, I look forward to it next year already. So if anybody's listening from the Sarasota, Tampa Bay area, or anywhere in Florida, uh, we usually do that at the around the middle of November, and it's called the Great Teddy Bear Run in Sarasota. So I just wanted to throw that out so, there and tell them kudos. They did an awesome job. What was the uh, the weather? 80 degrees? <laughs> oh, my God. Um, you know what? It was perfect believe it or not it it was perfect because it was kind of overcast all day but zero percent chance of rain we kept checking the radar because we were like god it looks like it's going to rain and Corey and i planned ahead of time to shut the shop down all day which we never do so we had everybody meet at our not everybody but our group of people meet at the shop between nine and ten that morning and i had donuts and coffee for everyone And we all rode up to the event together. We did the ride. And then a smaller portion of us went all the way down to Cape Coral to Six Bends Harley-Davidson, which is kind of – I think it's been there for a while, but they have new ownership. And uh, it was really cool. And then we rode up to Fort Myers to a restaurant there, and then we stopped at a tiki bar on Casey Key and then came back. It was an all-day thing. So probably mid-'70s, overcast. Uh, probably low 70s on the way home. It was perfect. perfect. Well, definitely let at least let us know social media-wise if we don't get a press release for the magazine. And mm-hmm. that goes to anybody who's having a ride, uh, especially if it's a charity event. Uh, all you got to do is send it to uh, letters at AmericanBagger.com, and okay. uh, we we can put that up on our social media and hopefully get more people coming to your event. All right. You said letters at AmericanBagger.com? All right. I'll post something about that on our page also, and um, I'll send you a little bit of information about the ride and some pictures and stuff that we took in case you guys want to use them. But um, right now, I think we should go ahead and bring Kobe on. I know I've been wanting to have him on. Uh, We do a lot of business with 
Kobe. Uh, I don't know if it's a lot compared to some people, but we really love his products. He's a super nice guy. Again, Dave, this is one of those guys that most of the people that we talk to or who have commented on him coming on the show, that's the first thing they lead with is just how nice of a guy he is and how much they like doing business with him. So um, I'm excited to bring Kobe Klein on from Speed by Design, and uh, we're going to go ahead and get started. Let me give my little introduction. Now, 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 Kobe, this is one one I hopefully I bring tears to your eyes, but I first met uh, Kobe at uh, Sturgis 2011. Oh, he's going to bring me to my knees in just a minute. (laughs) But uh, he showed up. You can't bring him to his knees. He just had knee surgery, Dave. Be careful. I've been there. But I met him at at, at the the Baddest Bagger. Had had never heard of him before. It turned out we had a ton of mutual friends from California. And he went uh, that year at the Baddest Bagger, which uh, we had a lot of good competition. He he took the Editor's Choice Urban Bagger magazine and ended up being on the cover. And then after that, we shot uh, 97 Batwing that he had redone uh, his dad's bike, which was kind of cool. And it was kind of personal. And, you know, I love when there's a story there. So I love when it's very personal it's family-oriented. So that one always touched me when we did that. And I've kind of watched him in the almost four and a half years go from a guy who came from the boat industry with some some ideas and now to see him build this into a big company. And I don't know how many bike features a month where they're using his kickstand or they're using his speaker lids or his bags. You know, he's mm-hmm. got the, that whole gamut. And we're going to talk tonight about something that uh, he, he and I, it was kind of nice, we never usually do this, but we spent some time on the phone together and I hopefully you put the, the picture up of the DTR builder that he's got and the bike that I built. But uh no, he's definitely one of the up and coming companies out there that I think he's right on the cusp of going to that next level. And I think sixteen is gonna be the year when he really puts it in gear because everything seems to be going the right way for him right now. Well I appreciate yeah. you saying that, Dave. And there's something about that I love is when people come from a different industry and you came from building high-speed boats that you have a different look than the guys that have been doing it forever you know dirt bike guys come in and have a different perspective than sport bike guys so that's to me what keeps this thing fresh and innovative so i'm I'm glad i want to start out talking about that dave i'm glad you brought it up um kobe tell us about your background in the boat industry what did you do and how did that ultimately lead you to the motorcycle industry because even though they're both a type of power sport. They're completely different, obviously. You know, I started boating in the, the mid to late 80s and really got off into it in the 90s, started racing boats and and uh, racing offshore coast to coast. And, and and that comes a lot of composites. You you start, you start, uh, you get your hands in composites. By the time I was done racing boats in 2003 or four, I was off into the boat industry and building boats and doing different design work in, in the boating industry, uh, playing with uh, carbon Kevlar and, and uh, epoxy and balsa wood, making boats lighter. And when the boat industry died in 2008, it, it, it really just went away. I, I was fortunate enough not to get broke by it, so I looked back and I said, well, everybody goes, well, you know, what are you going to do? What, what's next for boats? And I said, well, I'm never going to do boats again. I said, you know, historically the boat business breaks everybody that's in it every 10, 12, 15 years. I go, you only have to get kicked in the nuts once, and, and that does <laughs> it. You're, 
you're you're done at that point if you're smart. So I moved on and and uh, got into the motorcycle industry, and I was I was going to uh, Sturgis oh eight oh nine ten with some friends and looking at uh looking at stuff people were doing, and I thought, wow, I could this is something I could do, something that'd be fun, something that something that I could uh really enjoy more than even make money at and and my my goal is really just uh, the passion to build the highest quality and the nicest stuff there is and i uh that's really what really what's what gets me going and tickles me is is you know seeing the stuff and having people write us letters and say how how good it fits and how nice it was that it was pre-drilled and and how easy it goes on and how easy stuff lines up and and uh you know we don't we definitely don't build the cheapest stuff but we we uh probably spend more time and more money building our molds and our original parts and and uh the hours that go into the parts and the time that we leave parts in the mold that other people don't the materials that we use we spend more money i know on materials and than than most people uh we use vinyl ester instead of polyester and and uh we do coring in all of our bags so uh the customers don't have nearly as much nearly as much time and labor and body working them and uh well i think Corey Corey would say that it, it they, they turn out pretty good but uh i just really love what i do you know well, that definitely, we talk about that a lot on the show, Kobe. Um, loving what you do comes across in your work for sure. And uh, we do love your products. I mean, there's a huge difference between, well, basically, you get what you pay for. I mean, you know, there's a lot of people who want to cut corners here and there, and it's just not the way to do it. And you learn, some people learn the hard way, you know, and and whenever you build numerous bikes a year and you've used different people's products, you kind of start to learn who has those quality products. And that's why we use your stuff so much. I mean, we, we love what you make. Well, you know, I, it, it also goes back to the guys that work at our shop, to be honest with you, Courtney, because you know what I say is I'll never hire somebody to, to work for us that considers it a job, just a job. When you have somebody that considers it just a job, that's all it is to them. They're, they're looking to get their next paycheck. Everybody that works here is young and they're excited and and they're they're driven by what they build or what they're doing and and uh you know I think that that really creates a good fuel it really really creates a good vibe and it's fun to work with people that are excited about what they're doing and and driven by what they do and and thrive to make something better uh, I'll never cut somebody off on trying to make something better uh it's just it's worth the time I think that that we put in it. Yeah. Hey, Courtney, so, did, did you get the DTR builder picture up, Courtney? I, that's what I'm doing right now. I'm kind of taking advantage of you guys talking. I didn't want to post them before the show because I wanted to be able to explain right. first what it is. I wrote something up and posted it all over our social media earlier, but if people weren't able to read it, um, we can go ahead and talk about it now. There's a really cool feature on the Speed by Design website. If you guys want to go there now, it's speedbydesign.net. Um, it is. Right? Yeah, only because someone has hold me for ransom for .com. <laughs> it's not the first time we've heard that. So if you go to speedbydesign.net, uh, I believe there's a tab up top that says Builder. And there is. It's on the uh, menu bar, and it's Builder. Okay, and then you'll go there. And, guys, it is so cool. When you told me about this on the phone last night, Kobe, I was like, you know what? I am 
so surprised more people don't have something like this. Um, but I was even more surprised whenever I went on and started building my own bike. And I didn't know that Dave was building his own too. So it's pretty cool because what I'm doing right now is I'm posting the bikes that we built, and I'm asking people which one they like better. But I'm not saying who built which so um, you guys can talk. If Dave, if you and Kobe will talk a little bit, Kobe, if you can tell everybody exactly sure. what the DTR feature is. Well, and I can tell you. Sorry, Courtney. Go into detail, please, about all the different accessories and everything that you can add, because I was shocked by that. I thought it was really cool how in detail you could get with it. Well, it, DTR stands for Dream to Reality Builder. And uh, one of my best friends for many years came came with me from uh, Eliminator uh, Boats. His name's Jake. Jake is the original mastermind behind it, but uh, I've gotten involved with him. It's it kind of spawned off what we were doing here, and I've gotten involved with him. And you know, I'd like to keep it all for myself, to be honest with you, but it's just not the not the right thing to do. It I think it'll better our whole industry to uh, keep people keep the vibe going and keep everybody into it and when people can build something and see what they're building on a computer and and really get into it and feel it and almost i feel like you know when i build something on there i can almost touch that motorcycle and you know it's it's people able to use their own minds to to figure out what they want to do and see it and some people i feel like don't know what they what they like till they see what they don't like you know um what's funny about that kobe is you and i were on the phone at the time, I think I was doing an 09 Street Glide. Then we got off the phone, and then I switched to a 14 Street Glide, and then I did a Road Glide. And then what I ended up with was a fourth bike, and I guess I can't tell until the boating's in. But I changed the paint color. I changed the wheel size. I changed the side covers. So I played with this thing for about an hour. And I think you're right. I think it's it's something that's good for the industry. You know, you see it on wheel guys in cars where they go, okay, here's your... 2015 uh, F-150, and here's black wheels and here's chrome wheels, but to be able to change the paint and the gas tank and uh, the exhaust, and I'm sure you, there's going to be more and more options. As Would you say you got this thing going like a week or two ago? It actually went live? Yeah, it's it's been up for a couple weeks right now, and, and uh, it's got a few people behind it now, and we're, we're getting a lot more people behind it. You know, we really want to get everybody on it that's, that's in the industry, and uh, they can put it out to their dealers, get their dealers on it, uh, and and just have it, you know, have it just, I'm sure it'll just take off and go crazy. I, I really believe in it. It's I, I love the product, and, you know, like any anything you do that you love, it usually goes well. Well, what it reminds me of is, remember when we were all building uh, rigids, choppers, and, and fat soft tails, and everybody would go to the purse website to get your rake and trail right. Sure, and that was, that was the one place, and and now to to have it to this degree, I mean, imagine in the chopper days to be able to, I want a peanut tank, now I want a long skinny tank, and be able to change that up, and uh, I think you hit a home run with this thing, and and I think uh, if we all have a legacy, this could be your legacy, you know, wow. that uh, as as long as every time somebody uses it or puts it on their website, that Speed by Design is sourced. That's the only thing I would recommend. Yeah, I I, uh, I kind of like that idea myself. No, Kobe. I think you... I, I think it needs to get out there, though. I I think it's something I can't keep to myself. So we'll we'll let it out and and get people involved. 
So you guys actually, you are the ones who put this program together. You know, I I can't say that I am. I've I've been a big drive behind it, I think. Uh, Again, my, my, my good friend Jake, who has done my website and does now does, well, I'll tell you about Jake. 2000, uh, about 11, I called Jake. I was just, you know, real green in the industry, and I called Jake, and I needed a website bad. I said, Jake, I need your help, man. I need a website. He said, I don't know how to build a website. Mm-hmm. I said, well, I said, I'm doing website tonight right now on uh, GoDaddy. He said, well, I'll help you. I, I can do better than that. <laughs> and uh, three or four looks later, that's where we're at now, and, and uh Jake was working for uh, some sort of mortgage uh, financier company. And uh, I don't know, a couple of years ago, a year and a half ago, he decided to go on his own. And he does uh, my website now. He does Eddie Trotta's. He does uh, Sinister Wheels. He does quite a few different companies. His deal is motor style marketing. And, uh, but, yeah, he's, he's doing real well. He has a lot, of, a lot of other dealers and stuff that he does. Um, so I, I, I'm, I'm real happy for for where we've gotten with everything we've done. Very cool. You guys have a great product there, and I think it's cool. I, even in the short time since I first posted something online about the DTR program, I, we've had probably already a dozen people who have commented saying how cool it is. A couple of people have commented saying that they just went on and built their own bike, uh, which is really it's awesome. And, you know, the people that I see this being – the biggest resource for are those people, and we have them come into the shop all the time. Um, this is the first time that they've put a lot of money or any money into customizing a motorcycle, and they're so scared because they're so scared. They're putting all the money that they've saved into a motorcycle, and what if they don't like it whenever it's finished because they don't choose the right parts or they don't know exactly what they want. And this is a great chance for somebody to be able to play around just like Dave said he did earlier and try different parts on and see what they like together and what they don't like together. So and, I, and I think Courtney, that's... if somebody uh-huh. if somebody really doesn't know what they're looking for, they can sit across the counter from, from a guy like Corey and and really put it together. So, you know, the the end result is gonna be uh really it's really gonna help our dealers a lot with our with our products. Uh-huh. Um they can also, if if they want to go on the DTR builder and they want to look at something and they want to they want to bid on the parts, they can just uh, click on a, I believe it's a, you know give me a bid or give me an estimate. Uh, okay. it, it puts together a parts list for them of everything they pick. Right now it's a, it's a little up in the air because there's things on there that I don't even really have on my website at this point. But you know we we are an all inclusive shop and and what I mean by that is if somebody calls to to buy something, we want them being able to buy it directly from us. We want them to be able to get everything here, and, and uh, you know, really, customer service is is where our business is. I sure. think is in our customer service. So, it really gives other dealers, or it gives our dealers and and other people the opportunity to really get to speak to their customers hands on and figure out what they like. I think it's going to save dealers a lot of time too, because people can really lay it out and not do something twice, not do it three times, not a uh, not you know, not say that's not what I don't want. So, you know, I get to spend, I get to spend quite a bit of time on your website. And one thing that really jumped out at me was uh, your Mac Daddy rear end kits, because a lot of people are concentrating on '09 and newer, and some people are just doing the '14s, '15s, and now '16s. But you've got the '97 to '08, 
which I think is very cool. You got the 09 to 13 and the 14 and newer. Uh, that's great and that you're giving some love to these older bikes. And they all take the new style lids, so the customer just has to supply their own hardware at that point. So we're we're, we're trying to we're trying to get uh, you know there are a lot of guys that have those 97 to 08 bikes that want the new style lids that really don't want to spend, like we were talking about earlier, the money, or you guys were talking about earlier, the money to, you know, you can get a 97 to 08 bike for, I don't know, five to 10 grand, definitely, really easy. And and uh, it really gives you a good starting point to, on well, a 97 to 08 bike, you can make it look like anything you want. It can be any bike. I mean, people don't, short of short of having an extra gear and a, a bigger motor, I mean, most people, most people stand in a parking lot and look at them and don't even realize it. Well, and you you said the magic word. You said lids. Uh, you've got the loud daddy lids. Did you ever think that speaker lids would be as big of a segment of our market as they've become? You know, speaker lids have been huge for us. Speaker lids have have really been one of our biggest sellers. So I I would have to say no. I would I would have to say I, I am I'm totally floored by it. Now, what do you uh, six by nines? What uh, what do your lids hold? We run uh in in all of our in our in our older lids you can get the the uh seven point seven, the JL. You can do the eight inch kicker. And we are uh just redoing the molds here in about we're starting them in about a week. Um uh, and when we redo the molds we're gonna set them up so that you can put the Hertz speaker in them as well. The unfortunately the fourteen fifteen up stuff it's going to be a little more difficult. We we finished it. We're we're selling them. Uh, got a got an incredible uh, deal on chop baggers today from uh, a customer that that was totally ranting and raving about how well they fit and how all the hardware bolted right in them and took a picture with the tray bolted in it and and uh, how the hinges mounted right up to it and he was just completely happy and it kind of made all the guys in the shop today just been a great day with us going on the radio with you guys and. And that that coming in and and uh, today's today's been a pretty good day for us. But anyway, so the fourteen fifteens they only hold the seven point seven, and the reason why is is you got the plastic tray in there. You've got the mechanism, the lever, the latch, what you have. Um, we tried like heck to put the eight inch speaker in there, but cutting up the plastic tray that holds the cables and and uh hacking into it just it wasn't it wasn't for us there are some people out there doing it but it's just not a it's not something that we would do we we want that product that you pull out of the box and uh it fits the bike perfectly is 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 what I want and when it opens I want it to look as good as a stock lid on the inside as it does on the outside so the moving the cables around and gluing stuff down and shifting stuff wasn't an option for us so we went with the 7.7 now, Courtney, are we allowed to tell people yet which bike is which? Because there was a question I wanted to ask, and if I asked it the way I wanted to, then it would give away which bike I I, I built. Um, we can say because there's there have already been people voting. I, I posted it several different places, and I've already received several responses. And um, I hate to break it to you, but people are really digging my bike. So I built a 30-inch uh, Road King with the their new, what do you call that, the Superfly headlight nacelle, which is crazy looking. 
what did you build? I built like an 05 Rogue Glide because I wanted to show you what you can do with the older bikes. Um, I did, I believe, the long baller rear end. I think it even let me like paint or powder coat the rear wheel, if I remember correctly. Um, it does. Okay, I did the. Uh, uh, I did a set of speaker lids. I can't remember which one. I think I had two options. I did a 30-inch, like a Fat Daddy-type spoke, and I blacked the spokes out and the nipples and the hub, and I did a 13-inch rotor, uh, black caliper, and some, uh, I, I want to say I used some maybe cruiser bars, but then I I put the nail in the coffin with the Trask Turbo. So we know now being guys, when all the guys say nobody would notice the back wheel when you leave a stock oh, wheel or you do something, we now know who would notice the the stock wheel. Everybody. Wow. You know, and it's funny, I remember specifically a moment in time, and that moment in time was in Daytona at Bike Week, whenever Corey and I were standing at the gas station that we always hang out at, uh, watching all these forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollar baggers roll out of the parking lot. And before I say this, I'll say we're totally guilty. Some customers just don't want to put the money into that and they don't see the the point in it. And sometimes you have to let a build go with a stock wheel, which we hate. But uh, you know, if we can talk them into it, sometimes we'll just throw it in just because we don't want it to go looking unfinished. But anyway, we're standing there watching all these bikes roll out and we couldn't believe, you know, you're used to seeing the bikes whenever they're parked and they slam the air ride and everything's tucked and covered. But as soon as they take off, we were like, holy cow, look at all those stock wheels. And we noticed every single one of them. So it's a huge deal. And even just being able to do what the, the DTR program let me do by painting or powder coating the wheel makes a huge difference. Courtney, I still can't get over the fact that uh... – you said nipples for the first time on on our show. I did, and you know what? I listened to last week's episode again, and I realized that I totally missed you saying boobies. <laughs> I don't remember why you said it, but you did, and now you're now you're calling me out for saying nipples. Nipples. Hey, uh, now on yours, Courtney. Uh, I started with the eight inch side covers, and they looked mm-hmm. too big. Then I went to the four, and I feel like the three little pigs. Fours look too short, and the six look perfect. So, what size did you go on the the side? Cut? I used the six inch. They matched up perfectly with the bottom of the bag, and they look good. And did you put a center stand? I did put a center stand. Yes, of course. I, I did too. I mean, that's one of the things he's known uh-huh. for. Now, aren't you aren't you doing a new mini center stand? We are. You know, for a long time, everybody was. There were a lot of bikes out there that were someplace between that inch and. Uh, inch and seven-eighths to the ground. There were inch and seven-eighths or closer. And it was guys that, you know, maybe cut their swing arm but didn't want to set the frame on the ground or guys that didn't quite make it to the ground or, or guys that just don't want their bike dragging the ground if if uh, if they lose their air. And uh, so we decided to answer that, that uh, need for it. So we we uh, made a shorter version of the center stand so people that have the Inch and seven eighths or lower bikes aired out at inch and seven eighths or lower. That's a, a good stand for them to pick. Right. And are those available now, Kobe? They are. They're uh, okay. they're more of a out of our custom shop, but they, you know, usually two or three days we can get one out. Very cool. Now on 
since I did a Road King and I did the crazy new nacelle, the, the Superfly, uh, that, now, if there's a dash that can come with that where you can do Dakota digital gauge. Is that, am I getting that there right? Yeah, so, so we did that, uh, I want to call it a 5200 dash. Um, it is there, it's kind of pointed on both ends, kind of spiky on both ends. It doesn't offer a fuel gauge, but uh, it offers everything but, for the better part. Uh, it's real clean. It tucks in the bar clamp, uh, you know, kind of on a 45-degree facing the facing the, the driver. Um, and then we also have a headlight option for it. We did a – it's really for really for short-neck bikes. And we did a five-and-three-quarter headlight in it to keep the keep the overall diameter of it down and keep the – the height of it down so you can see over the front of the bike for these guys that are 30 and 32s. So we're really just trying to trying to give them a a better look. I think some of the big headlights on the on the big wheeled bikes when they're, when you're using a a nacelle, I think they just get too big and too up there and too out in front of you. So we we tried to tried to combat that with the the smaller headlight and then it's it's all one piece. It's injection molded plastic. It slips right down over the trees bolts into the, the four locations just like a stock one. Headlight goes in it first from the back side. You can hide just about anything inside of it. It uh the bar clamp goes on, has hidden hardware in it and will work with either the guys that want to run T bars. Some guys are building T bars these days. Come straight out of the top of it with uh with the handlebar riser bushings or you can you can run uh you know regular F L style bars that kick out the sides of it. But you have to make your decision when you order it, right? You have to say, yes, I'm going to run gauges and order it that way. You can't retrofit it. It's not like a two-piece deal, right? It isn't like a two-piece deal. And, and the reason why is, is uh, we have, uh, we're starting to have shelving issues at this point. We need more and more room on shelves for more and more parts. And uh, it would require a whole other section of of them with, if somebody wanted to order the dash themselves from Dakota Digital or one of our dealers, the problem we have with it is is uh we would have to break it out of the box, repackage everything and it, it's just uh from a production standpoint we're trying to keep stuff moving out the door, keep stuff boxed before people call, be able to pull the part. So if you order it without the dash, you'll get a, a handlebar clamp without the opening and the hardware installed in it built in it. It'll be smooth and clean, and the lines will carry throughout the area where the where the uh, where the instruments would go. You know, the way I look at it is, you're dealing with one of the the classiest companies out there with Dakota Digital. With you know, they they own the what ninety percent of that market share. Why wouldn't you want to have that package all together at once? You know, they are just awesome. They're easy to deal with, and and they build quality parts. You know. And they're South Dakota boys, so you know you got to give yeah, them some props that's... for that. Bring it home to you. Yeah. Now, the, I think the, the only thing that I can think of that I saw on the website that I didn't touch on is I can remember probably 22 years ago, Kendon, the trailer guys, came out with these tank skins for soft tails, and it flopped miserably. And now everybody's got their version of, of a, a stretched tank cover, and it's one of the hottest things in baggers. So people don't have to 
take their their tank off. They can you know put it on over. And you guys are doing those as well, aren't you? We are. Our uh, our tank kit's only been out for. I'm going to say, well, right right before Sturgis, the first two went to Sturgis on bikes that we took to Sturgis, and after that we started selling them when we got home. And uh, they're, that's, that and speaker lids are, are two of our biggest sellers. I mean, they fly off the shelf like like no one's business. I think what we have going for ours is they, they'll come down and handshake our, our side covers, whether you have our low-life side covers or our solo side covers for 1415. They come back, and, and you can trim it. It has the trim line on it for ours, so you trim it for ours for our trim line. If if you don't want to do that, you have somebody else's side cover. You can trim it so it handshakes their side cover. Of course, I will tell you it was designed for ours on purpose. Looks <laughs> looks best with ours, but but uh, for the guys that already have side covers and have a direction they're going or just want to do something different, they're they're there for you. You know, they have, now, a, do you have a, a real pan. I was just going to say, do. do you have a seat pan that goes with it? We do. Uh, it's uh, we we made the back of it to fit a, a we made the back of it the same shape as a Paul Yaffe, and uh, I haven't really had any guys buy a Paul Yaffe uh, seat yet. But the intention is for them to be able to buy Paul's seats and uh, put them on their bikes for the guys that have the don't have our rear fender but have like a, you know a, more of a stock fitting seat pan to a rear fender. I think they can buy the Paul Yaffe. I would put the tank kit on and then fit the Paul Yaffe seat to it so you can trim it up a little bit. It needs to be trimmed up because I was afraid if we held it for it needed to be on the one seat that I was mocking it up to that the next seat or the next tank or the next bike would be enough different. You'd have an eight-inch gap or something. So the idea is to, to trim it and fit it before. And, and you know, I, I preach that uh, – I'm the guy that believes that every bike that you build, you should put it all together and damn near ride it before you, uh, before you, before you do anything else, before you take it to pain or, yeah. or tear yeah. something up. Because that's you, you see that on bikes all the time. People that run a hurry and you see belts rubbing or wires getting cut or paint tearing tearing up on something else or it's just it's too common these days. Now your uh, your chin spoiler's got to be in your top four or five parts, right? You know, chin, chin spoilers are still a really good seller. I remember when we came out with our first chin spoiler, it was it was the first one that covered the whole down tube. And uh, it did, it, it took off like crazy. Uh, flew off the shelf. Good enough that it was copied. But uh, <laughs> it, uh, it, it it flew off the shelf like crazy, and, and it, uh, it still... Our, our two-hole is still an unbelievable seller. Our three-hole is out there for the guys that have no rake and they have a, a hugger fender. And uh, then we, we have our Venom now that uh, has the wire mesh in it. And they all do really well. I, I would say that, you know, now our, our probably our biggest seller would be the Venom. I would say at least five or six of them a week go off out, out the door of the Venoms. But... uh you know, chin spoilers, chin spoilers have treated us well. Chin, it was a chin spoiler that kind of put us on the map, kind of kind of helped helped us out, gave us a little boost that made us stay in, I guess, you know. Very cool. I I want to mention, I want to go back, since we were talking about your uh, tank skins, I, they really stand out. They have a lot of definition to them. 
Um, and if you guys listening have not seen those, you can go on the website and see uh, the tank skins that he has. They're they're just beautiful. They have uh, a lot of lines that go to them that go really well with the bags, and it's just something a little bit different, and I think it's really cool that you have an optional seat pan to go with it too because uh, a lot of people, uh, unfortunately, that's an afterthought with most builds. So well, uh, I think you. that's really cool, and I definitely want to encourage all of our listeners to go to the website and check that out. Again, it's speedbydesign.net. And um, what else have we not talked about? You've got a ton of parts out. We talked about your rear you know, I, end. I, I should probably talk a little bit about the dash on that, too, I think, if you okay. guys have a sec. Um, okay. The dash the dash is kind of a different-shaped dash, and it has some, some real cool body lines in it, I think. And, uh, you know, it has a, a recessed pop-out fuel cap. Um, but I think the dash really helps finish it off well, and it, it, it really allows room for for uh, the guys to pull their wires up through the middle of it. Sometimes that can be a problem. Um, comes with the hardware. Comes with the the foam rubber to put underneath the edges. Uh, double set, you know, tape tape it on. It's the tape kind. Um, but uh, I really like it, and I, I think that the part's speaking for itself right now by how many we're selling. Yeah, definitely. Now, do you guys have – you must have a ton of dealers. Do, do you feel like you've really grown your number of dealers over the past year or so? You know, I, I think that they've grown steadily for at least three, if not four years. Um, we're – worldwide, we've, we've – I'm kind of – don't even know if I should say, but I'm going to because that's the way I am. I just tell it all. <laughs> Uh, we now have 300 dealers just under worldwide. Um, wow. A good piece of them are out of the country. And, you know, you, you have a lot of those. I mean, I'm going to venture to guess that there's probably 120 of those that were came on strong and have, have petered out. Uh, not everybody not everybody makes it in this deal, but, but uh, you know, you, you, can, you can usually tell when, when you first talk to them if, if they're going to be around and, in one year, if not five years, or maybe mm-hmm. three years, but you, you really get a good feel for talking to somebody the first time. And you know, I, I'll say this: you know, I've I've been the guy that I remember. Oh, five years ago, I called Paul Yaffe. I said, "Hey, I'm I'm going to be a builder." Paul said, "All right." And I said, "Well, yeah, I, I need to get some stuff from you." He said, "Well, when you're a when you're a builder, I'll sell you some stuff at a." At a deal, and I said, "Well, all right." <laughs> Call him back the next year. He said, "I'll give you a little break." And uh, you know, so I, I, uh, I'll tell you, I, I started my business behind my house uh, back in about 2010, and uh, my wife probably thought I was crazy, but uh, <laughs> it, it started out right behind the house, and and it's it's been here ever since. So when I've been the guy, I've had people call me and go, you know, that guy's out of a garage, and I, I really try hard. Let me tell you, our, our screening level is, is a lot more difficult than I think most. But uh, I had a, a guy that that uh, is up in New York, and he called me one time, and he was he, he sounded real. He sounded like he was really doing it, and he, was, he used to be a policeman, and this was what his life was now is doing this, and and uh, he didn't even ask to be a dealer after he bought stuff from me for about three bikes. I said, man, what the hell are you doing? He said, well, I'm building these bikes for people. I said, well, 
why haven't you submitted a dealer app? And he said, well, Kobe, I'm not a, I don't have a resale license or anything. And I said, well, you're, 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 you're calling right now for your fourth bike. And uh, we're talking about like four months. I go, yeah, I'm, I'm willing to go on a limb with you. And uh, this is somebody that still today doesn't have his resale license, but sells almost as much stuff as any other dealer. Wow. So, you know, I, I believe in, in, if somebody's for real about it, you work with them. But if, uh, you know, if, if they're, you know, you, you pick up on them real quick. And, and if they're not, you know, they, they uh, you know, they, they don't have any, they don't even know the talk. So. Right. But, um, you know, something that you said, Kobe, I want to touch on, because we've never really talked a whole lot about this on the show. Uh, it's never really come up. But you mentioned that you have a good number of dealers who are out of the country. Um, a lot of times we don't think about, especially custom baggers and big wheel baggers, being a huge thing outside of the country. I, I know that, you know, there's plenty of builders who have sold to people in Dubai and, like, countries where it's known that they have well, a lot people, of money. They they buy ornamental pieces and things like that. But where do you think is the biggest place outside of our country that uses these custom parts and, and things like that? Because maybe there are people out there like me who aren't really aware of that. You know, I, I don't think there's any – well, there are a few that stick out. Uh, uh, the Middle East is, is doing pretty well at it right now. Um mm-hmm. We've been selling quite a bit to Germany, as odd as that sounds. Uh, I'm 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 going to go on another. I'm going to go out on a branch here again. Uh, you know, a, f- a few years ago, I had a guy walk into my booth in Sturgis, and he said he was a uh, he was from China. He said, "Hey, uh, you know, his interpreter. You know, they they nod, they shake, and they said we want to buy your parts." And I said, "Well, you know, I I thank you very much. You know, told us how nice they were and told us all this stuff and." So we want to buy your parts, and I said, "Well, you know, I, I don't want to insult you, but I don't want to sell them to you." And uh, he said, "Well, you know, you know," acted like his feelings were hurt a little bit, and said, uh, "Why, you know, why won't you sell your parts to us?" And I said, "Well, you know, I'm scared to death, death that you guys knock me off." He said, "Well, you know, we in China, we uh, we want American-made Harleys. We want American-made stuff." Uh, we don't want to knock off your stuff, <laughs> and uh, I was kind of flattered by it. And and they've been buying stuff from us. Japan, I don't know, I don't understand this, but we have a a company in Japan that that buys a lot of stuff with us with Suzuki in their name, and the town they're in is in Suzuki. Uh, I've never understood that. Uh, Indonesia, we sell a little bit of stuff too. France, Italy. Uh, I've even sold to Mexico City of all places. I, you just never know where they're going to come from these days. Yeah. Well, it just shows I, that I just, there's money all over the world. Yeah, definitely. If people it does. are doing this, I just think it's cool to kind of talk about it for a second because um, I mean, we don't see a whole lot of this stuff from other countries. I, now, granted, there are a lot of custom bike shows that go on in other countries, uh, but I feel like a lot of what you see is more, I don't know, Indian layers. Well, you guys know Magoon went over to uh, Kuwait and went on yeah. over to, uh, I don't know if he made it quite Dubai. He he was over there, though, and and uh, did judged a motorcycle show over there. And I think he got treated like a king while he was there. 
Yeah, she noticed he didn't invite us. He could have invited me, could have invited you, but no, Magoon just went on his own, and, and he was the only king there. So, And we know he's listening right now. So That's what it takes to be a king, right? Keeping it all to yourself. I think I, yeah, exactly. I think, well, I think well, we you're pretty much about you. <laughs> you Doug about is, Doug? Uh, Doug's a great guy. He, he makes some nice wheels. I he think does. we well, pretty much... I think we've pretty much covered the entire Speed by Design catalog, so I think it's time to say goodbye to our good buddy. And uh, how, how did it go? Were, were we easy on you? Oh, uh, you guys were awesome. I had a great I'm time. I'm not done. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, that's that's it. We have two we more the, things. We going to do the sale it. now? Uh-oh. What? Well, yeah, we would get the sale, but first we got the hot seat. I almost forgot the hot seat. Yeah, yeah. See, yeah, let's do the sale. I got to go. <laughs> no, I'm with you. I was going to surprise the you last. Let's do the hot seat and then talk about the sale. That not doing it. Yeah, notice how he said we took it easy on you before the hot seat. Yeah, See, yeah. Lull you into false sense of security. All right, Kobe. So um, I'm sure you've heard this before, but for listeners who are not familiar, I usually do a hot seat with our guest. I'm going to ask you or mention 10 different topics or questions, and just call out the first thing that comes to your mind. Keep it a short answer and make it quick, okay? Okay. All right. 26, 30, or 32? I'm a 30 guy. Okay. Favorite motorcycle event? Sturgis. Favorite hobby outside of motorcycles? Boating. Your favorite 26-inch tire? Metzler. Who is another builder whose style you just totally dig? Matt Hotch. (laughs) That's not the first time we've heard that. All right. Your favorite vacation spot? Hawaii. One item that you use the most every day or that you can't live without? I don't know. Uh, Plastic parts. I don't know. (laughs) What's your favorite meal? Uh, Beef fondue. All right. What is one solid piece of advice that you would give to up-and-coming builders? Be straight when you're when you're striking deals with people. You know, say it how it is and, and live up to it. Don't That's ever don't advice. ever lie to your customers because if you people can deal with anything as long as it's the truth. If you yep. uh, once you start once you start backing yourself into a corner, you'll never get out of it. With social media out there these days, it'll it'll be the end of you. Yep. <laughs> Last question. If Dave and I were to put on a build-off and we asked you to come on, but we let you choose your opponent, who would you choose? I would I would say Matt Hodge. Okay. Or Shannon Davidson, those two. I, I'm picking two. Okay. Very good. So that's our hot seat. You made it through with flying colors, and you didn't take half as long as Doug Magoon took to answer all the questions, so that's good. Um, (laughs) Now, let's talk about this special. I just posted all over Facebook that you are offering an exclusive special to our Wide Open Radio listeners, which is awesome. 
Uh, we've had a couple of uh, parts manufacturers or builders but come it, on it in the past. It sounds like you forgot to mention they have to be listening to your show. They have to be listening to the show, yes, and they have to mention yeah. that they heard about it on Wide Open and Radio. you're tracking every one of them, right? So we can Absolutely. verify this? Perfect. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I got you. So this this is good for the next seven days. So seven days from, if you're listening to the podcast, just in case, um, it's seven days from. We'll today. make it. We'll make it through. We'll make it through next Friday, so we'll make it eight days. Next Friday is the twenty seventh of November. Is that correct? That would be which it. Is, which is that Black Friday. It. So that gives them a day after Thanksgiving. Okay, so that's a good Black Friday special as well. So tell us what you're offering, sure. Kobe. So I I, I want to give everybody uh, everybody that's listening to this show because they're listening to this show. 10% off all of our plastic parts when you purchase any of our rear ends or pre-order a rear end. If you pre-order a rear end, we take a $500 deposit. We don't work on your money. We work on our money. That way you know that we're we're working hard on your stuff. Uh, and you got to purchase it within the next seven days and say you, say you heard of it on Wide Open Radio. Very cool. Now, just to clarify for everybody, um, if you're – if you're about to do a full build or if you're doing even just a rear-end upgrade, um, you purchase the rear-end or pre-order the rear-end, which is the the bags and the fender, and you get well, 10% you know, off your speaker lids or your side covers, tank kits. Yes, yeah, so so it would be the, the speaker lids, side covers, tank kits, headlight nacelles, seat pans, chin spoilers, that stuff, the tail light even though there's a urethane part in the tail light that's uh, a plastic part in there, you don't get a uh, you don't get the discount on those. Um, but yeah, most most of uh, just about everything we make is 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 urethane if it's not billet or or fiberglass. So Very, well, that's, uh, that can add it's up on all of our plastic new- urethane parts. Well, that's really generous of you. Thank you, Kobe. And uh, the other thing is, is the only thing we typically don't have available next day would be uh, the Mac Daddy rear ends, or the because it's just we're we're releasing those uh, just before January, which people need to know. The okay. the rear end, uh, everything else will be out for it. The speaker lids are done; they're shipping for the last week. Twenty five of them, or actually, I think thirty today. We've reached just right at thirty have gone out the door. Uh, the side covers will be. Uh, injecting on Monday, and they'll be shipping out next week. I know there are a lot of people that are that are on me about that that uh, that want to get their side covers. So, uh, right. not that I'm not that I've sold any at this point, but I know there are a lot of people that have been waiting. So, uh, we're excited to be getting those out of here. So, very cool. You know, I, I I've had an awesome time on your guys' show, and and uh, Dave is always your. Uh, you're a, you're a good guy, Courtney. I had fun, and thank you guys very much. Hey, thanks well, for thank coming you, on, buddy. Kobe. Appreciate we look it. forward to seeing you have in the future, and we'll have to get you back on maybe sometime next year so you can update us on what's going on with Speed by Design, okay? Sure. Look forward to it. Perfect. Have a good you night. You guys have fun. Yeah. All right. Bye-bye. Take care, buddy. All right. Such a nice guy. Very nice guy. Yeah, yeah, and I'm excited that he – Offering the deal for our listeners um, gives people more incentive to listen whenever they know that there may be some specials going on, and maybe it'll help somebody out. That 10% can add up. Yeah, well, what do you guys buy from him? I'm guessing a lot of speaker lids. 
Um, I'm guessing chin spoilers? Yes and no. A lot of bags and fenders, um, side covers, center stands. We buy a lot of center stands from Kobe. Um, speaker lids, it was funny to hear him mention that speaker lids are one of his top sellers. If you know Corey's style, even though a lot of the bikes that he's been doing recently have speaker lids, he typically likes to keep everything kind of concealed and clean looking. So he prefers almost not to use speaker lids, uh, but a lot of the customers have been insisting on them because they're just so cool looking and, uh, you know, to each his own, and he'll usually do whatever the customer wants. So in that case, yeah, we've used some of his speaker lids, but mostly bags, fender, lots of center stands. (laughs) You know how we've been talking Oh, I was, I was just—I was gonna switch off topic. Uh, uh-huh. You know how we've been talking about in 2016 for the for the 2017 model year. Everybody keeps whispering that Harley's coming out with some big stuff, and Indian or uh, Victory's coming out with some big stuff. And I've even heard that maybe they're going to go full water cooled to get the power that we want on the baggers. But did you see uh, this week that uh, Indian got a jump on everybody with their new Scout 60? Have you seen that? No. They introduced a uh, 61 cubic inch Scout, which there's, that's where the name comes from. It's water-cooled. It's uh, 89.99, so it's just under nine grand. So it's about two grand cheaper than the Scout that we've become accustomed to. Still water-cooled. Uh, low seat height, 23 and a half inches. So that's perfect for shorter guys. And what? How many women complain about seat height? And uh, oh yeah, I wrote a couple of things down. It says 78 horse and 65 foot pounds of torque. My guess is that's to the crank, not the rear wheel. So you can subtract 15 percent probably from that to get a, a true reading. Uh, all, almost all the Scout accessories out there fit. And then they've got a whole new line that's coming out. And when I'm going to be in New York, they're going to introduce their new 1200cc model, which I, I just I think read about that today. Yeah, so there, there'll be an embargo thing, and, and they'll and it's on on a Thursday, so uh, which is interesting. So and then I did some more research, and not that it really, and maybe some of our listeners, I think if you love motorcycles, you love all brands. And Ducati is something that I've ridden over the years, and I always just marveled at them. I mean, it was just one of those bikes that I think that they were some of the sexiest bikes in the 80s and early 90s. They've gone a little too overboard, but they came out in uh, over in there's a big show in Italy, and they came out with a ton of new models. They have this one, and you should look this thing up. I'm sure I'm going to kill it, but uh, D-I-A-V-E-L, it looks like a sport bike made it with a V-rod up front, and then the back end reminds me of a a rocker soft tail. It's the craziest looking thing I've ever seen. But even Ducati is doing their version of baggers now. And they're all dual sport enduro style bikes, but they've got one with soft bags and one with hard bags. So it's just amazing the technology that's coming out in the two-wheel market right now. Dave, spell that again. How did you think it was spelled? Uh, I know how it's spelled. I just didn't know how to pronounce it. It's the Ducati, D-I-A-V-E-L. And if you go on their site and look at this thing, it's the craziest thing you've ever seen. And then they've got 
Yeah. Get these scrambles, but I, I think the scramblers came out last year, and these are just the 2016 models, where it looks like a Sportster with this unreal ground clearance in the back and up front that are made just like what you hear at Scrambler, that old 60s, 70s term of going out and, and hitting the dirt. But it's just fun to see what the the other guys are doing. And, and Ducati has, has morphed from what I liked it when you, when you had the – you kind of saw the frame and it, it looked it was simple elegance the way they built them. And now they're just over the top, uh, smashed in kind of looking – front ends and, and space age stuff. But yeah, take a look at that one when you get a chance. I already have but, it pulled up and I'm posting a link right now on the Wide Open Radio Facebook page. That's a crazy looking bike. It's it's pretty cool. Doesn't it look like three different bikes in one, you know, where they've just kinda made it all these different styles together. Yeah, and it definitely looks very European. I mean you see a lot of European builders that are uh doing the open tail and it it's really cool looking. So I, I posted a link to an article about it and some pictures. But didn't Ducati, when I was growing up, have like three different models, and now they have like 12 different models and three and four variations of each? That they've, Their product line has really grown over the years. Yeah, I wonder if that's – I mean, obviously it's working for them, but do you think they're shooting themselves in the foot at any point, having so many different options, or do you think that's a good thing and that's why they're doing it? Well, you know, you do what we do. You've got a counter, and you have people come in, and whether it's exhaust or seats, and they go, hey, I'm looking for a seat. You bring out a catalog, and it could be the drag fat book, or it could be biker's choice. And you start showing them all the options, and they end up leaving buying nothing because their head starts swimming. Yeah. And I, I think sometimes when you have that many different styles versus, like, we've got 12 seats on the wall, a lot easier to just go and say, okay, you've got a 98, this one will fit, let's try it, boom, let's go, than then going on somebody's website and, and getting dizzy because of all the choices. Right, right. Um, I want to mention the bikes that you and I built on the Speed by Design DTR program one more time because I posted them earlier. I told you I didn't, um, I didn't post who built each bike but I just told people to tell us which one they like better. I'm honestly really surprised because I think your Road King was really, really cool looking, but nobody voted for it. Everybody voted for my bike. (laughs) (laughs) I do think your Road King's really cool looking. Thank you. Thank you. I probably would have went with different bars. Well, I'm tall. Uh, You are. You are. I need tall bars. Uh, yeah. Now, I wanted I wanted to mention something that stuck with me, that hit me hard this week, and that you're faced with, and I think a lot of our listeners, anybody that's in the industry or anybody that has a business in general, uh, and I, you may have even seen it, is when the voting was going on, there was a guy that put, I think it was it was on the James Patience one on that bike, and. Uh, Doug Magoon actually sent it to me. And this guy from India starts uh, just blasting American Bagger Magazine. And he says, well, you guys have the worst customer service. And I signed up for my magazine, and I didn't get it, and I've done this. So I immediately send out an email to all of my people. Has anybody heard of this guy? Does, is there any validity to it? And 
boy, my people got on it right away. And we found three emails that we'd sent back to this guy that everyone bounced back. And when, with magazines, nobody fulfills their own magazines. So what happens is we have a company in California that that's all they do is fulfill magazines. So when you send in your card or you call in, it goes to them. They process it. They handle it with the printer. So we were able to get to the printer, and it showed that three copies have been sent to India, hmm. but we don't know what happens to them after that. But what do you do? How do you handle We haven't. We didn't take it down. We didn't blast them. We didn't try and reason. How do you handle negative criticism on social media and, more specifically, on your own site? Well, I think one thing that you said is absolutely the best thing that you can do. I think the worst thing you can do is remove it and hide it. Um, I've never, I've never done that. If anybody ever posts anything negative, I always address it, and I always address it publicly. And it goes back to old school customer service and kill them with kindness. And the customer is always right, kind of until you until you fix it. And you know, you have to. It's tough with that situation because you have the proof that you've done everything that you were supposed to do on your end. And if you did everything to start with, the way you were supposed to do it. What can you possibly do to make it better? Um, I think the good thing for you is that you have the digital option. So right. I, I think that that would probably be, and I'm sure that's the way that you guys have handled it. Um, it it's not your fault if he's not getting the books, you know. I mean, it's unfortunate, but if you guys are well, sending I, I it learned, like you're supposed to do. I learned a long time ago when it wasn't, it was when social media was just starting to get popular that, when you defend yourself, it's that old, you know, when you sling mud back and forth, it sticks to you just as, as much as the other person. So mm-hmm. don't sling the mud. Yeah. But it'd be interesting to hear what some of our friends had to say, you know, maybe call in and, and leave us a message on, on what they would do. Because this is something with social media, your competitor can be the one oh, who yeah. can post that. You know, if you're a restaurant, your competitor can go on Yelp and act like they're a consumer and blast you. And We've seen examples of that hundreds of times. So how do you handle that? And it was just something that stuck with me, and it made me write down a note saying, I'm going to talk to Courtney and see what what she thinks of that. Well, I I agree. I'd love to hear what everybody else says. As far as as me and what I think, your customer service speaks volumes. So address it publicly. Let everybody see how nice you are to them, how much you're willing to bend over backwards for them, and it'll, it'll definitely speak for itself. People aren't stupid. They can read through things and see this person's just trying to poke the bear or, you know, these people are really doing everything that it takes and, and they're never going to be able to make this person happy. That's just how I feel about it. I, especially with the forums, there's a ton of stuff that goes on and I hate it. I hate that people can go on and try to ruin someone's career just because they didn't get what they wanted the way they wanted it. And people do it. Um, I like to trust that people are smart enough to be able to see through that, though. I don't know if I'm right, but I hope that people well, are happy and, and like you said, somebody can put something on a form, and it may not be the full truth in some cases. Mm-hmm. You know, like did they did they tell you that the it was for an, uh, a 99 and they've got an 09? You know, and and they've made the mistake, but they don't want to admit it. You know, no, they don't want to look stupid, so they're holding you accountable. And there's there's always you know, what is there 
there's three sides to every story. Oh yeah, yours, theirs, and the truth. Right, and, yep. and hopefully yours and ours end up you know closer to the truth. But yeah, that's yeah. just something that that stuck with me this week uh, as I was going through my my normal course of business. <laughs> well. I would definitely like to hear from everybody, just like you said. So, guys, write down this phone number. If you have uh, questions that you'd like to leave on our voicemail or comments for next week's show, you can call 941-914-7770, 941-914-7770. I'll be posting that on our Facebook page, and uh, it'll be on our website as well. Speaking of our website, I want to make sure that everybody has a chance to go there, make it a point to go there. Um, it's actually starting to become pretty cool. Um, there's places on there where you can listen to all the archived podcasts. You can uh, read the blog entries, which go into a lot more detail about the stuff that we talk about on the show. And I mention, I'm going to try to start mentioning some things that we don't get to talk about on the show. Um, another thing that I'm trying to do is I'm trying to give people an opportunity to send in your local events. Um, it's, local events aren't always something that we're going to be able to talk about on the show because it is a national show, but I will do m- the best that I can to either repost them on our Facebook page or uh, do a blog entry on it so that we can help you get the word out. So that is what and, I would like to say. Um, also, well, don't forget about the special. Wanted, go ahead. Well, I just wanted to go further, like I said earlier, that if they've got a local event, get it to letters at AmericanBagger.com. Yeah and we'll put it on our social media. Yes, that too. I totally forgot you said that earlier. So there's some good options for those of you who are doing local events. Um, We'll definitely try to help you out in any way that we can. Um, Don't forget the special that Kobe offered to all of our listeners. If you're listening to the show tonight, uh, Kobe from Speed by Design is offering 10% off all plastic body parts with the purchase of any rear end purchased by next Friday, which is November 27th. Uh, That's Black Friday, so you'll be able to remember it that way. So that means if you purchase the rear end or if you pre-order a rear end, which requires a $500 deposit, you can get 10% off your speaker lids, side covers, tank kits, headlight nacelles, seat pants, chin spoilers. So it could add up to a huge savings for you, and we're very grateful that Kobe offered that to our listeners. Um, So just call them up, let them know that you heard about it on Wide Open Radio, and uh, save a little bit of money. Now, next week, I do like your idea, Dave, so we're going to do an episode with the two of us talking, and we'll take some more calls. And we'll do that on Wednesday because of Thanksgiving. So should we both be drinking eggnog all night on that show? Is eggnog a Thanksgiving thing? Uh, It's more Christmas, but, you know, I do have some pumpkin moonshine that I could drink. But, uh, you know, we should drink something since it's a holiday the next day. You know, I recently discovered the uh, caramel apple spice at Starbucks, and it's quite delicious, so maybe I'll be drinking one of those. Non-alcoholic, but... Well, I was going to say, what, I thought you discovered that if you put, like, vodka in it or rum, that it's really <laughs> good. No? Maybe I will discover on air next week. When I was uh, when I was running out of the shop today, uh, Jesse and Jason were shooting uh, a front end teardown, and I said I got to go. We're on earlier, and I said don't worry, I got two jokes. And Jason tried to give me a joke, and I said no, no. I said I got my joke, so I may use a Jason Mook joke next week. So God help us all. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. I, you know, we've yeah. 
he comes up a lot on our Facebook. So I would like to uh, maybe talk more about him in the future. I know we've talked about that before. But um, anyway, I think that is it. It was a good show. I'm glad we finally had Kobe on. I hope everybody enjoyed it. Um, I'll post the time for next week's show. We'll be doing it at 7 p.m. next Wednesday, day before Thanksgiving. And I can't believe it's already Thanksgiving. That's crazy. I know. But um, I know. So um, I'll be talking to you then. And if you guys have any questions, any um, concerns in the meantime, you know you can always reach us at info at wideopenradioshow.com or uh, go to our website, wideopenradioshow.com. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next week. Bye, Dave. See you, Court. Bye.